Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March the 30th, 2022, and uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. Did you know the World Health Organization has demanded that the world, especially us, embrace abortion up to birth? They have demanded it. And golly, Jewess, who knows, with the powers that be, they may just try to acquiesce to that. But we're going to get Sean Carney on, president of 40 Days for Life, in this hour at 35 past to discuss the news from a pro-life perspective. Uh, we're going to get an update on all of the stories uh, that re- Idaho, I'm thinking of Idaho passing a bill, Nebraska's passing a bill. California's also got a bill that they are trying to pass, which means they can abort babies even after they're born. We discussed that, I think, previously, but we'll get Sean's take on that. And Kentanji Brown, all of that coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are stories to cover in the What's Concerning Us at 15 past the hour. Our friend Mike Koeniger, we call him lovingly the brick wall. He is one of our CDT insiders and also a news junkie, by the way, a vet of, uh, of the Coast Guard. We're gonna, he and I are going to jump into some stories that I think are of great concern. In Florida, for instance, power costs have spiked over the last couple of years. And some folks can't even afford to pay them anymore. They're so high. $1,200 or more a month. And they get cut off. So what's going on there? Corporations, investment firms buying entire neighborhoods, buying uh, trailer parks, and then raising rates 50% on the people. What's going on there? Mike and I will jump into that and much, much more. Uh, Guess what? Biden's approval rating is down 13% since last April. It's still the lowest ever. Good morning to Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. The uh, approval rate, is that that your transition to me? Totally. Huh. Totally not your fault, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Vladimir Putin's. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I've been meaning to buy some neighborhoods for myself. Uh, <laughs> so now that you're out of crypto, you're into the yes, neighborhood buying yeah. business. So my company is called White Rock. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, <laughs> White Pebble. <laughs> I wonder what BlackRock might say to that. Well, yeah. Funded by. Funded by. Sponsored by. Sponsored by. Speaking of rocks, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. Despite the uh, the fact that they're buying up all of the neighborhoods, yeah. uh, whoever they are and whatever neighborhoods they, those are, yeah. uh, they are all bought they up them. now. Uh, did we ever book they them for, uh, Friday. for April 1st? I think Friday. Uh, yeah. hmm. We did they not. Them. We did not. We did we'll not see. do that. We'll That's, see. We should get them on. We should get they on because they say <laughs> a lot of things. That's true. So that'd be interesting. You know, on, on a sour note, though, yesterday... Does this happen to you? Do you like watch you like you're flipping through the internet or whatever and you're like then you come across something that's utterly horrific and you're like why did I watch that? Like no. how did I get sucked into this? Uh that happens to me on Twitter. It'll suggest, "Well, this person follows this account and it's something outrageous." Like like, like you know the showing me this? you know the 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 lady who got shot at the Capitol trying to uh Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, Ashley Babbitt. Like the video of her getting shot. I remember getting posted to my feed like constantly mm-hmm. right after that happened, and it was graphic and horrific. I, I'm like, this is horrible. I don't want to see this. Well, last night, yesterday, or yesterday, a couple of things happened. One, I saw a video of uh, Ukrainians shooting Russians in the, in the legs after oh, yeah. they had captured them. Yeah. 
And then they took them out of van and started shooting them in the legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's going to set some folks off in, in Russia. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and then, of course, I saw some video yesterday of a, a Muslim man in Jerusalem murdering people in the streets of Jerusalem yesterday. Or streets, some, I think it was some neighborhood in Israel. I can't remember which city it's in. Yeah, but I it was just like that. so horrific. Like, I wish I could not, I wish I could unsee that stuff. Yeah, just unplug, Joe. I, I you know, just and I was, and you know what I was flipping through the news. Yeah. I wasn't flipping through like a social feed. It was the news. Hey, it sells clicks, right? It was horrible. I dislike it immensely. Same. Uh, all right. So this is why dumb phones are skyrocketing in sales right now. Because are they really? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, actually. Yeah. Wow. Enough is enough. I think people are saying, and I, yep. I have to agree, it is too much. By the way, let on some positive news, brighter news here. Lisa, Squibs, and family, thank you so wow. much for generously taking today on the calendar to pray, to fast, and to do penance for those souls like the ones I saw yesterday going off into their eternal judgment in an instant without opportunity to to make reconciliation to God. God you is. Let's pray for those ardent sinners, blasphemers, heretics, those people who wish evil in the world. Let's pray for their souls, their conversions, and for the repose of the souls, as well as peace in our world. And Lisa Squibbs and family, thank you for taking today to do that on our prayer, fasting, and Lenten campaign. All right, we're going to jump into it. Like I said, Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life, and Mike Koeniger are going to be our guests in this hour. Lots to do, lots to talk about. Let's start with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, March 30th, and these are your headlines. This is a story out of the Washington Examiner. Russia pledges to cut back attacks in Kiev during peace talks. Russia's military said uh, on Tuesday it would cut back operations near the Ukrainian capital of Kiev and other northern in another northern city in a move meant to increase trust as delegations from both countries met in is- Istanbul for their face-to-face talks in two weeks. Uh, General Todd Walters, the commander for U.S.-European Command, said the reports that Russians were pulling away from Kiev is exactly what we see during a Tuesday hearing in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee. And Breitbart News reports Biden budget mentions climate 31 more times than border security and inflation. The Republican Study Committee noted that the Biden budget approval includes $43 billion of tax hikes on the oil industry and natural gas industry. House Budget Committee ranking member Jason Smith said in a statement that the president's budget surrenders America's energy independence and attacks American energy companies so that we are more reliant on foreign nations for our energy needs. And The Hill reports 21 states file lawsuit against federal mask mandate on transportation. The states also claimed they were negatively impacted by the mask mandate because it required states to expend resources to enforce the mandate and harm states' sovereign interests because many states have laws or policies prohibiting or discouraging mask requirements in the context where the mask mandate applies. And the AP reports U.S. seeks new lithium sources as demand for batteries grow. 
Worldwide demand for lithium was about 350,000 tons in 2020, but industry estimates project demand will be up six times greater by 2030. New and potential lithium mining and extracting projects are in various stages of development in states including Maine, North Carolina, California, and Nevada. Although lithium reserves are distributed widely across the globe, the U.S. is home to just one lithium mine in Nevada. The element is critical to development of rechargeable batteries that that are seen as key to reducing supposed greenhouse emissions. And those are your your headline news this morning. God love you. And the rule for today, I mean, the (laughs) saint of the day is St. John Climacus. St. John Climacus was born in Palestine around the year 525. He excelled in his studies and was known for his intelligence. When he was only 16 years old, John retired to a hermitage near the base of Mount Sinai. He went where he spent the next four years in prayer, fasting, and meditation while preparing to take solemn vows to religious life. After taking those vows, John spent more time studying scriptures and the early fathers of the church. Early fathers of the church, he was born in 525. Although he became an expert on these subjects, he hid his talent humbly. Near the end of his life, he wrote Climax, also known as The Ladder of Paradise, a collection of sayings and examples to illustrate how to live the monastic life. This is how he gained his nickname Climacus, a derivative from the Latin word climax or ladder. As he grew older and wiser, John often sought out for the advi- was sought out for advice in spiritual matters. He offered this advice freely and came to be known for his wisdom and holiness. Around the year 600, the abbot of all the religious in the region of Mount Sinai died, and John was replaced, chosen to replace him. He ruled until his death in 605. Here is one brief quote from him, or I guess a longer quote. A sign of true repentance is the acknowledgement that we deserve all the afflictions, visible and invisible, that come upon us, and ever greater ones. Do not be surprised that you fall every day. Do not give up, but stand your ground courageously, and assuredly the angels who guard you will honor your patience. Let us charge into the good fight with joy and love, without being afraid of our enemies. Though unseen themselves, they can look at the face of our soul, and if they see it altered by fear, they take up arms against us all the more fiercely. For the cunning creatures have have observed that we are scared, so let us take up arms against them courageously. No one will fight with a resolute fighter. St. John Climacus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 17 through 30. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For what he does, the Son will do also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone. But he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. 
Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen. Amen, I say to you. Whoever, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen. Amen, I say to you. The hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave to the Son the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine had a lot to say today. Oh, my heavens. I mean, it was like all Augustine all the time in the commentary today. He says, uh, quote, The Jews, however, did not understand from our Lord that he was the Son of God, but only that he was equal with God, though Christ gave this as the result of his being the Son of God. It is from not seeing this, while they saw at the same time that equality was asserted, that they charged him with making himself equal with God, the truth being that he did not make himself equal, but the Father had begotten him equal, close quote, St. Augustine. And uh, there's, I think this is the key point here for this verse. So, like, we could spend hours just talking about this passage, but how many times, I know I have experienced this, have you run across people who deny the divinity of Christ, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance. They'll say he never claimed to be God, and yet here, here is a clear reference of him doing exactly that. In fact, Augustine goes on to say, quote, So the Jews understood what the Arians did not. For the Arians say that the Son is not equal to the Father, and hence sprang up the heresy which afflicts the church. Close quote. He goes on to say, quote, He does not say whatsoever the Father doeth, the Son does other things like them, but the very same things. The Father made the world, the Son made the world, the Holy Ghost made the world. If the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are one, it follows that one and the same world was made by the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Ghost. Thus, it is the very same thing that the Son doeth. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife, 
in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints? It doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We're waking up to reports that the uh, Biden administration has hid the fact that Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson has withheld some of her uh, convictions or light fares against child traffickers and pornographers, that kind of thing. So we're going to be covering some of the pro-life stories to include California's bill and uh, the World Health Organization's demand for abortions up to birth with Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life, coming up at 35 past the hour. So join us if you can. But right now, joining us via Zoom chat is Mike Koeniger, our friend from Virginia. We, call, we lovingly call him the brick wall. He's one of our CDT insiders. Good morning to you, Mike. Hey, good morning, Joe, Adrian, and Rudy. How are you? Praise good be morning. to God. We are alive, and that counts. You know, Absolutely. <laughs> you and I were chatting offline about some of these stories, and Tammy, one of our other uh, CDT insiders, sent us some links about uh, some issues with the power company in the Florida panhandle. And I see this as uh, a, a piece of the puzzle of a bigger problem. So let's start with the Florida story. I know you went through all those, uh, all of those articles, and essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've been spiking massive spikes in costs and power. And then they shut people off who can't pay the $1,200 a month, and they have to decide food or power. Which do they want? And, of course, we always choose power because we can't live without the, you know, the Internet. Right, right, right. And, and I, I found the whole article interesting. What they're doing is basically a stair-step tiering program for power. So your first 1,000 watts are at a reasonable rate. And then once you – are kilowatts, first 1,000 kilowatts are – are at a reasonable rate. Once you go above that, they raise the rate uh, per kilowatt hour. And so out of curiosity, Joe, I went and looked at my own last 12 months of power. And this is a 1800 square foot home, three people living in it. Uh, the only big uses I probably have are from computers because of my real job. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, I, you know, I keep the house at 77 during summer and 65 during winter. We're not using a lot of power here. And one month in the last 12, was I below a thousand kilowatt hours? Wow, wow, <laughs> that adds up very fast. Uh, it, and I, I find it interesting because there seems to be, with especially with the, in this case with the Florida Power Company there in the Panhandle, they're sort of they don't even. It's like they don't even care. It's like there's no empathy for their customers. And I know there's been protests and people trying to reach out to Governor DeSantis, but I don't see that there's anything moving in that regard. And I think there was a letter sent to Congress, wasn't there? There was, and, and there was also a city councilman who sent a power, uh, letter to the power company. And, and remember, these are public utilities, so these rates increases were approved by local governments. Uh, and I found the whole thing kind of interesting in that, uh, and, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but when all the pieces start to fall in the right parts of the puzzle, you start to wonder what's going on. Yeah. In that, you know, 
that part of the Florida, that panhandle area is what I always call lovingly 90 and 90, 90 degrees, 90% humidity. <laughs> Air conditioning is a necessity yeah. in that part of Florida. You don't get those ocean breezes like you do down in the Miami area. And so they basically have people, um, there's no, they have no option. You either pay their $700,000 power bills or you get sick. You almost have to have a second job just to afford the electricity uh, for your home. Could you? How how did we ever survive in places like Houston, Texas, or Florida? You know, Pensacola. We without, didn't without electricity. <laughs> I, I just don't understand how this how this was possible back 150 years ago or whatever. I was told that Houston wasn't uh, inhabitable until <laughs> AC was created because <laughs> it's literally a swamp. We literally just paved yeah. over a swamp, and so yeah. I assume it's the same in in Florida, parts of Louisiana, things like that. I don't know parts but of Arizona. Too. Parts of Arizona. Yeah, uh, utterly crazy. Go ahead, Adrian. Yeah, no, that, that, that was all my comment was. Well, one of the other things I want to put on the table here. So uh, there's also this issue. So we got rising power rates. Obviously, we've been talking a lot about gas prices. And I have to say, praise be to God, the gas price went down just a little bit in our neck of the woods. Maybe that's the strategic oil being burned in my tank versus the B-52 bomber that it was designed for. Okay. But uh, so a little bit, a little bit lighter. I think it was a couple pennies cheaper uh, when I just gassed up. But still skyrocketing there, skyrocketing inflation in the last 40 years. Um, but here's this other story that also concerns me quite a bit, and that corporations, investment firms like BlackRock, but there's a bunch of others that are buying as many houses as they can. In fact, I saw in, in one case they were buying as much as 30% of all available residential homes on the market in America. I, I saw the same, did a lot of research after we talked about it yesterday. And, and, you know, big money's behind this, like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, those kind of guys are behind these these kind of things. And uh, what they're targeting specifically aren't homes like someone like myself who's on my third or fourth home that I've owned. They're targeting entry-level homes, whether it be double-wide trailers and trailer parks or that in, in my area, what would be basically a two hundred dollars or $250,000 starter home where you have to come and do a lot of work and then you can flip it in 10 years to buy something better as a family. Uh, those are the homes they're targeting. And they even, Joe, they even are completely honest. I read an article in the Atlantic magazine, by no means a, a right-wing publication. And, and they were talking about the fact that they're targeting 35-year-olds uh, with two kids who've never owned a home, whose credit rating is somewhere between 665 and 700. And they're charging them higher than market rates for yeah. the rent. <laughs> so. Yes, that's utterly insane. I saw a story just this morning out of Breitbart News that said uh, they were buying trailer parks, whole trailer parks, raising rents 50% and then issuing new rules. I mean, the, there, this how, do the, how will the low-income families be able to afford this? And many times, we're talking single-parent income families. When I was a kid, my mother... Single parent, working as a hairdresser, making pennies, trying to keep uh, keep the rent and the le electricity on. I can't tell you how many times electricity got turned off because we couldn't pay that bill, or we had one or two cans in the pantry because we couldn't afford much food. I mean, how are they going to deal with this today? At what point do you think, Mike, there's going to be a boiling point and the people push back? Well, and I think the boiling point, and again, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but you have to wonder why they're targeting this. And I keep going back to that Klaus Schwab comment 
you'll own nothing and like it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I thought that was just a you know crazy conspiracy theory. And then I heard it on the Remnant podcast where they actually played the played the clip. Uh, and, and I wonder if that's not the end game here. And the boiling point just allows uh, corporate uh, entities to say, look, they're rebellious. They need to be taken care of like they did on January 6th <laughs> last year. So I, I wonder, I, I know I sound a little off here, but when the puzzle pieces start to fill, is it a conspiracy or not? You know? Well, I definitely feel like there's a, like things are getting more intense and they're happening more uh, quickly now. Mm -hmm. And you got to wonder where that's going to go. And I don't personally believe conspiracies aside that where it ends is a good thing. I think back to the American Revolution and how they got sick and tired of uh, overtaxing and, and the regulations on trade by by the United Kingdom. And they were like, we're done with this. And it, look where that led. And I don't want any of that to happen. But where does this end up? It doesn't seem good. You know, I was thinking about this while I was talking and um there's a couple things here. One is, you know, they say uh, things happen slowly and then all at once, kind of like bankruptcy. You, it happens gradually and then all at once. And revolution is the same way. It happens. Uh, there's a boiling and then all of a sudden it explodes. And uh, the own nothing and be happy thing, that's – I mean it's so true though because – we're moving toward a market where you have to rent. You can't afford to buy a house anymore. You've got to rent a house. You got to rent, or you're, or even if you purchase a house, you're paying off your mortgage, and essentially you're just renting it from the bank until you die, um, and so on and so forth. And now they're moving towards autonomous cars, and people are already talking yeah. about having where you're going to rent a car because you're not going to need a car right. anymore. You just got to you know get your Uber, and the car's just going to show up, and you get in the car. And all these things are we're reaching a boiling point where we're getting to a system where it's not a nation anymore it's a corporation we're we're living in a corporation and we are the products and everything else is uh, they're trying to buy us that the federal government is cooperating with private industry to oh never no, i would never say that. what I no, thought, no no wasn't no. that I, hmm, fascism anyway another another topic for another day let's put this on the table one third of boomers have less than five thousand dollars in their investment accounts right now i mean uh, you're not going to own anything because you can't own anything, and you're not going to be able to live. Retire. You won't be able to retire. <laughs> you know, well, you're going to you're going to work till you drop over. I mean, and then uh, then there's the Biden uh, plan, which includes unrealized gains, which I find very scary. And now I know they're targeting 100 million dollar plus Uber rich folk. I mean, okay, praise be to God. That's how it starts. That's how it starts, though. But the unrealized gains thing is a very scary thing. So I have a house that's that I purchased many years ago. It's and uh, and I'm it's living within my means. But my neighbors are all selling their homes for much, much, much more money. So the federal government's like, well, you're going to owe us what you're on what your neighbors are paying, even though you're not selling your house. I mean, that could come to a neighborhood near us. What do we do then, Mike? Well, we're 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 going to have to look at past patterns and see how uh, honest they're being. In 1913, when the income tax was passed, 1% of Americans paid income tax, 1%. And it was only going to be the rich people. So I see this pattern over and over, and you do too. We, we study history. We've seen this pattern happen over and over and over. I mean, we still have a tax on phones that was put in place during the Spanish-American War to fund the war. <laughs> so taxes don't go away. Wasn't that a Ronald Reagan thing, the only thing that uh, has perpetual life or government programs and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, and, you know, it, it seems to be, I, I can't believe they're smart enough to be this organized, 
but perhaps there's somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings that is this organized. The lobbyists of DC would be my guess, who kind of have a, an agenda to have a dependent class, uh, which would probably be over half of all Americans who are paying their rents to some corporation uh, who's greasing the palms of some lobbyist in DC. Uh, and, and same thing with the power companies, which are, are controlled by state government, uh, public services commissions or public utility commissions. And, and Joe, tell me I'm, I'm not being crazy here. Doesn't it seem awful uh, coincidental? You know, I, personally, I, you know, I think that whenever people uh, say, you know, there's all these connections between all these different groups, but, you know, it, they seem so incompetent. How on earth could they all organize together? And I would say, yes, that's 100 percent true. But the revolution is not essentially man-made. The, the revolution is ultimately from the devil himself. And so the devil, I believe, is orchestrating all of this, uh, whispering in the ears of the right people, pushing people along. And so I don't think there needs to be some grand conspiracy of all the world leaders getting together in a room and, and diabolically coming up with these ideas. All they have to do is pursue their own interests and allow themselves to be led by the influences of the devil. It doesn't even mean they have to be possessed by the devil. All they have to do is have a weak will enough to be able to be influenced in such a way that the devil gets to further along push the revolution. Uh, that's yeah. my idea of it. Yeah, for sure. And as uh, Sonia Harris says, commenting on one of our live video feeds today, says, when will it end? Soon, I think people are being pushed to the cliff's edge. And I agree with that. I feel like that's kind of where, and I, I don't love it when we have this much pressure. We have wars and rumors of wars, plagues, pestilences, and inflation and tax hikes and all this other stuff. The pressure is mounting. And when people pop, they don't pop in a holy way. They don't pop in a, in a virtuous way. They pop in the other way, and it's never any good. So let's let's pray, let's fast, let's do penance for peace in our world and for resolution to all of these grave difficulties, which is the salvation of souls and evangelization of this world. Mike Kroeniger, thank you for your time today. We enjoy right. our chat today. God bless God you. God bless you. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. And then Sean Carney, 40 Days for Life, is going to be on talking about pro-life news. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague. Vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because all rights come from God and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Epic Times reports Ukraine demands security guarantees similar to NATO's Article 5, excludes Donbass and Crimea. Ukraine is proposing a mechanism similar to Article 5 of NATO, which would require a guarantor, a guarantor countries to provide military assistance to the country, in particular in the form of armaments and closure of skies. However, some territories under dispute will not be covered by the security guarantee. As for the temporarily occupied territories of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions, regions of the Autonomous Republic of Crimea, since their status is not regulated, international security guarantees will not work temporarily in these territories. The proposal could ensure the neutrality of the country and open up opportunities for compromise in peace talks. And the Daily Wire reports 11.2 million job openings remain. Economists expect change as COVID-19 benefits run out. An estimated 11.2 million job openings still remain on the market, while far, far fewer people are searching for work, according to an estimated job support compiled by Indeed.com. Economists and business owners also said that they expect job seekers to return in high numbers as COVID-19 handouts and other government benefits expire in the coming year. And the AP News reports, Commerce inquiry imperils solar industry, advocates say. In a decision that could dramatically undercut President Joe Biden's ambitious climate goals, the Commerce Department said on Monday it is investigating whether imports of solar panels from Southeast Asia are circumventing anti-dumping rules that limit imports from China. Clean energy leaders said the investigation, which could result in retroactive tariffs of up to 240 percent, would severely hinder the U.S. solar industry, leading to thousands of layoffs and imperiling up to 80 percent of planned solar projects in the U.S. And just a news reports, Trump calls on Putin to release info on Hunter Biden's dealings with oligarchs. In an interview with the Just the News television show, the former president cited a 2020 Senate report that disclosed Russian oligarch Yelena Baturina, then wife of Moscow's mayor, provided $3.5 million in a decade ago to a company co-founded by President Joe Biden's son and unanswered questions about why the money was given. She gave him $3.5 million, so now I think... Putin should know what the answer is to that. I think he should release it, Trump said in a wide-ranging interview at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. I think we should know the answer. And those are your headline news this morning. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us now via phone is Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Good, and I've I personally am glad that you're alive. Well, oh, there's so one. That's, that's there... two of us for sure. <laughs> that's at least, well, I don't know, maybe at least one, one and a half. We'll go with one and a half. Yeah, uh, right. Praise be to God. How is your Lent going so far, by the way? Oh, Lent is, we're, we're cruising, man. We are, we are headed into Holy Week. And, you know, uh, every Lent you hit the point where you're like, yeah, I'm ready for Easter. And, uh, and so I, 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 I had my moments earlier this week, but, you know, I'm getting I'm getting on track. Yeah, I cannot wait for Easter Sunday morning and 60 ounces of pure uh, this perfection in coffee. I'm just so excited. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Let's jump into some of these pro-life news uh, uh, stories that we've seen this week. And there's some crazy ones, to be honest with you. I want to start in California, if that's okay. California bill would legalize and fantasize babies up to uh, could be aborted up to six weeks after birth. I know this is not a news story. It's kind of been pu been pushed for many years. But what do you make of California going full on abortion insane with their tourism and now wanting to murder babies even after birth? 
Yeah, well, you know, about 10 years ago, Holland actually proposed a law. It did not go through, but it, it showed where we were where we were headed. Um, the, the Netherlands, the Netherlands proposed a law that you could abort, you could kill your baby up to six months after having him or her. And everybody was like, that's outrageous. Of course, we're not passing that. But that that mentality always leads to how long do we actually have to wait before we can kill the baby if we don't want him or her for yeah. whatever reason? Right. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me. All of this, I, I believe, is as outrageous as it is and as evil as it is. It is a very good sign of what's going on because America is continuing to struggle with the fact that we can't sleep at night and dehumanize a segment of our population. And so we've only done this twice. You know, we've dehumanized a segment of our population, and this time it's, it's not the color of their skin. It's their size and location. And so you see all these states like Texas or Oklahoma or Florida saying, we're, we're just not doing this anymore. Uh, we're, 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 we're not um, having abortion. We're banning abortion. And other states like California and New York saying we're going to be an abortion safe haven. And that is exactly what happened after uh, Dred, Dred Scott uh, dehumanized uh, blacks in this country. And so it's very similar. I don't think we're going to end up in a civil war, but it Praise is a God. very similar mentality that that half the country thinks the unborn are people and half don't. It is mind boggling to me. I just can't wrap my head around how would one think of this person, this human creature even. Uh, after it's been born and say, okay, I want to get rid of it. I want to return, you know, it's like Amazon. I'm just going to return it. You know, it's like, I, how do you begin to wrap your head around that level of insanity? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, the only thing that can explain it is something Walker Piercy said, which is, you know, once you may not like religion, you may think God or religious people are obnoxious, but once you grant yourself is God, there's nothing more dangerous, and you can kill without passion. And that's really what we're doing. We're, we're killing without passion. Uh, there, there's sort of a sterile, cold approach that abortion supporters have to abortion. They, they didn't have that 25 years ago. There was like, you know, nobody likes abortion, but we got to have it. And it's a right. Those days are gone. Now it's, it's shout your abortion and infanticide with no apology. And, and, I don't have an explanation for it other than godlessness. Yeah, it is rather insane. Uh, of course, our uh, Catholic president, Joe Biden, his new budget says $400 million slush fund for Planned Parenthood abortion biz. So, again, going back to the old, uh, you know, Catholics and politics forcing us to pay and support abortion. What do you make of that? It's not surprising. I mean, you and I have talked about this. You always bring up Biden to me. You know, you're <laughs> I'm not. Am I the only one in your life that, that does that? Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, isn't he the topic we're supposed to avoid? You know, especially during Lent. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's not surprising. Uh, look, Joe Biden is not a struggling Catholic who's 30 years old who's finding his way in life. He's an unapologetic 80-year-old grown man who has publicly and proudly touted the fact that he's a Roman Catholic and that he supports uh, all abortion for any reason with the funding of the government. And frankly, he's been able to do that. Maybe bishops have pulled him aside. Some have said they have privately. But publicly, he completely gets away with it. So he's, he's a scandal. He's an embarrassment. 
And he ultimately, sadly, is the biggest loser in the deal uh, because it's it's his soul. And I think somebody needs to love him enough to say that you're just not in good standing. And, you know, we can't act like you're not Catholic. We don't we don't act as if people aren't baptized. So uh, so that that's that part of it. Otherwise, it's just not surprising. He's doing what he's done his whole life and he's gotten away with it publicly so he's continuing to do it other approaches haven't worked and you know it 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 doesn't do a whole lot of good to throw our arms up in the air and get frustrated uh we need to pray for him but uh this is what you get when half the country thinks that a certain segment of our population are not people and certainly half or, or many of our politicians uh actively work to solidify that. Mm. What do you think about the midterms? Will this be able to push back on some of this pro-abortion agenda that we're seeing? Yes, for sure. And uh, the biggest evidence for that is Virginia. Uh, Virginia had um, a crazy man running, and Yunkin came in, and Yunkin ran on abortion. Uh, He was very pro-life. He had the right talking points. He was to the point and, and articulate, and he talked about the issues that everybody talks about in their living room, including abortion. He didn't he didn't avoid the culture issue um, and and the social issues uh, as they call them. So, um, yes, I, it should be a landslide for a number of reasons, but particularly because of the life issue. You have to remember, Joe. There's a lot of abortion supporters that are like, look. I'm a baby boomer or whatever. I grew up in the 70s. I, I, I believe in women's rights, but I mean, I have grandkids. I'm not leaving my granddaughter on the table if she survives an abortion. Like, yeah. what, what's going on? So th- this, is, this is the epitome of, of out of touch, and it, it, it's going to backfire. And also, not to state the obvious, but when, when they run around and, and do all this stuff and say we want infanticide up to six months or six weeks and, you know, and Putin has invaded the Ukraine and gas is $5 a gallon and all these other things are going on, people are just, they get worn out on this. It's like, we, we don't really have time for you to be this crazy. We've got other <laughs> issues and, and you, you know, you need to stop. I mean, Biden's approval rating is down 13 percent just since last April. I mean, he's got the lowest approval rating, I think, ever as far as an American president, if I'm not mistaken. He's got to know the midterms are not at all going to go well for him. So let's pray that that becomes real. Hold that thought, Sean, because we're up against a break. That music means we're going to go to a very quick break. Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life, is our guest. We're covering some of these pro-life headlines that we're seeing. Coming up after this very quick break, I'm going to ask about the World Health Organization demanding that we abort babies up to birth. Kentanji Brown-Jackson, we're going to talk about that. Plus, Planned Parenthood is not actually health care. We'll talk about that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
There's a lot of depth and interesting details in the story of the woman at the well. Jesus asks a Samaritan woman for a drink, while his disciples are off to buy food, and this request leads to a fascinating conversation. Jesus reveals to her that he has living water that will cause those who drink it to never thirst again. He also reveals that he knows the details of her personal relationships with several husbands, and even tells her, a non-Jew, that he is the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. We are told that the woman leaves her water jar at the well and goes off to tell the people in town about him. It's as if she completely abandons her important mission for water. She abandons bodily comforts for more important things. And this echoes the apostles who left behind their fishing nets to go follow Jesus. What are we willing to abandon and leave behind to follow the Lord this Lent? This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Sean Carney is our guest. He is president of 40 Days for Life. Their website is 40daysforlife.com. Sean, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about be here. Let's talk about Kentonji Brown Jackson. Uh, quite an interesting hearing going on there about her, uh, you know, being considered as a Supreme Court justice. What do you make of Kentonji Brown Jackson from a pro-life perspective? Uh, she's bad. Uh, number one, she's obviously very pro-abortion. Um, she's very soft on uh, pedophiles. I think people have seen all of that. Um, there's a lot of disturbing things about her, uh, but I believe the Supreme Court is, is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. She's, she's obviously replacing Breyer. Um, and so you know, this is this is replacing a bad judge with a worse one. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's not a swing vote. So a lot of this, I think, is is show. I don't think she's doing well. Like if you if you wanted her on the Supreme Court, I think you're disappointed. She's just hasn't been good at answering the questions. And she said some things that no one should say, even if they believe them out loud. Mm -hmm. um, but. For the, from the pro-life perspective, we are in great shape uh, right now on, on the Supreme Court, and we will get the Dobbs decision announced most likely the last week of June, and that is going to send it back to the states. And that's why you're seeing all of these states say, well, we're going to have abortion forever, you know, and, and kind of dig in and say we're an abortion safe haven. And you have other states that have what's called a trigger law and they'll be abortion-free instantly when Roe v. Wade is overturned, Texas uh, being one of those. So, um, you know, overall, we're in good shape on the Supreme Court, but I don't want this lady on the Supreme Court. I don't want my kids or grandkids dealing with whatever she comes up with over the next 30 or 40 years. Mm. But, um, you know, th this is what you get. I mean, she was appointed by Biden, and you were criticizing Biden earlier saying, I don't think he knows that he's got 13 percent approval rating or whatever it is and and that's i don't think he knows that it's wednesday so <laughs> you know, he's the one that appointed her and and you know that this is what you get well sean i'm no biologist but it seems to me that she's very progressive and radical and even though we're good on pro-life i fear what the consequences will be on the other issues you know like some of the points you pointed out about her being soft on on uh, child uh, 
child pornography charges and on those kinds of things. It seems very concerning to me. But let me ask you this. Uh, World Health Organization demands nations legalize abortions up to birth. Uh, well, I, th- to me, this is just like, okay, they can demand whatever they want, but I, they're really pushing pretty hard at this point. Do you think it's because we are winning the pro-life war that they're getting more aggressive? For sure. For sure. That That's why people shouldn't get worked up over this stuff i mean they're not encouraging people that cardiovascular surgery is good they're not (laughs) encouraging people that if you need if you break your hip you get you get hip replacement surgery those are obvious things that are good and they're part of legitimate medicine and abortion is not it requires constant daily justification and rationalization and the fact that the world health organization has to do that in 2022 proves that and so it's 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 a good thing it's when they come out and they say we demand that every country have abortion up to birth i mean it's like your uncle at thanksgiving you know (laughs) okay you know we'll see you later i mean their opinion means nothing as far as an act it is just that it is an opinion you know and and it, it just it doesn't matter they come out with these proclamations and it has nothing to do with health because abortion is not health care. And if it were, you wouldn't have to say sentences like that. Mm. And so uh, the, they're terrified. The West is terrified that America is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And, and they should. And Mother Teresa said, if America ends abortion, the world will follow. And so that, that's, that's why you get these sort of goofy, meaningless statements from organizations like them. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting you say that because uh, that reminds me of a quote from Professor Plinio who said uh, that he wanted his Brazilian TFP to come to the United States because they said America is a megaphone. And right now it's a it's a megaphone for revolution. um, But we want to use that megaphone for good and to for a counter revolution. And that's a it's a great point because America has this great, huge voice on the public stage for whatever reason. uh, And with the with that voice, we can use it for evil or we can use it for good. And if we overturn Roe v. Wade, where abortion really began around the world, was really here, we kind of popularized it. And uh, if we get rid of it, that would send shockwaves across the world. And the question I have for you is. Why should people right now more than ever go and participate in Four Days for Life or go outside their Planned Parenthood and start praying? I personally used to go at least once a week, and recently I haven't been in uh, several months. And so uh, what would you say to someone to try to encourage them to go get themselves uh, off their stupor or wherever they're at and go down to the abortion clinic and go and pray at least one rosary outside of an abortion clinic today or next week or this week? Yeah, it, it's it's what you said today or next week. It, it gives it, abortion has a sense of urgency, like like no other issue. So if you go today, you'll encounter women interested in abortion, seeking abortion, uh, even with the Heartbeat Act in place. And so the other reason to go, it, number one, is is part of Lent. It's a great uh, Lenten resolution, and if if you can always add it, the last few weeks of Lent, but. You know, this is a historic time. Uh, I think Roe v. Wade will be overturned, and that's not going to end abortion in America, but it will change it geographically, and it will it will send shockwaves around the world that this is possible. America's exported abortion to many places, particularly uh, Africa and 
Latin America through our corporations and our government over the years. Um, but we've also exported the solution. And it's a beautiful time to be part of the pro-life movement. And, and the other side of that is you don't want to miss out. You know, you don't want to be able to you, you want to be able to say, you know, I was I was part of that. I had a small role. I prayed to end abortion. I went out to a Planned Parenthood. You know, I was I was on the front lines. I just didn't wait for the Supreme Court to tell me, you know, uh, that it was either right or wrong. And so um, it, it's it's a great thing to do. And it's needed because when Roe v. Wade is overturned, uh, the grassroots will be more important than ever uh, because that's what we'll be left with, essentially to finish it and, and completely end abortion in our country. There's been some good news uh, in the pro-life cause, for sure. I mean, uh, Idaho passing a Texas-styled bill, but there, there's others. What, what's given you hope as far as the, the, the good news in the pro-life headlines? Well, all, all of that is good. All of that is good, and I think that's also an, an anticipation of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, it's good because these heartbeat acts, these heartbeat bills, uh, all all of the legislation, for the most part, it points to the dignity of the human person, which is something only, by the way, the Catholic Church has been unwavering on and consistent on in every aspect of the life issue um, for, for forever, but especially, obviously, the last 50 years when so much um, has been challenged regarding the dignity of the human person. So. That's what's great about that is you're seeing it play out in secular culture because Americans are looking around going, we can't do surgery on an unborn child. We can't put Scott Peterson in prison for murdering for, for second degree murder because his wife was pregnant when he killed her. And then also say, oh, by the way, you can have an abortion at 25 weeks or six weeks after birth. It's inconsistent. And this is one of the few areas we are actually trying to follow the science. And, and, you know, and, and the truth, and it's a very, very good sign, and it, it should really edify people and, and cause them to, to pray in the fast because we're winning on the life issue, and we're not winning Amen. on the other cultural front. Amen. How do you think it'll break down, uh, you know, percentage-wise in the, when it gets pushed back to the states? How many states will be pro-life? How many states will be pro-abortion? That's a great question. So there's 38 states total that have a law either way. Okay, and that that varies based on the state legislators, and, and so that that, but it is it is about fifty fifty of those thirty eight states. So states like California are saying we will have the best abortion clinics in the world, and states like uh, Texas and Florida and Oklahoma are saying once the federal law ends it, it's, it's illegal here. Um, and so you're going to see abortion free states, and you're going to see abortion free regions in our country. But folks should know right now there's 38 states with a trigger law that says, yes, we have abortion forever or no, it's illegal. Um, and so, you know, that will that will continue to, to play out as we get closer into the summer because these states will update their laws or the ones that don't have one will get one. Of course, uh, New York governor and Catholic uh, Hochul is already saying they want to use tax dollars to fly people in for abortions. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all a show. I really do. They don't know what to do, really, Joe. That that's why you're getting all the. the so the state of New York is going to fly women. At work. What do they go to a website if you're in South Carolina? Probably a mobile New app. Abortion. <laughs> Uber, Uber abortion app. is probably coming next. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, are, are they going to fly people in for to get their teeth cleaned? I mean, 
it, I think I think a lot of that is posturing. Um, and and the other thing that that the left avoids, and and I've done a few media interviews on this, distance is a deterrent. Distance is a deterrent for abortion because women aren't stupid. <laughs> you know, we're not robots. They have hearts and minds and souls. And if they're given a, a few extra days to think about it, if they're given one extra sort of hurdle, um, which is not unconstitutional to think about something, they're going to choose life. We Amen. certainly see that in Texas. And the ones that go out of state will go out of state, but but a lot of them won't. And yeah. so um, I think a lot of that is for show. Wow. All right. Praise be to God. Sean Carney, president of 40 Days for Life. Check them out online, 40daysforlife.com. God bless you, Sean. Thanks for your time and your insight. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Keep up the great work. All right. God bless. Have a great day. That's going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you all for hanging out with us. We really love having you here. Praise be to Jesus. If you can and you're able, join us tomorrow for more great conversation and uh, insight into the headlines and everything else. But if you're able to, join us in the next hour. We live stream on many social platforms. You can find us online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. When you hear the word humility, what do you think of? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Humility may mean deflecting praise or pretending something you've done is not as good as it is. For St. Benedict, real humility is an important virtue. He considers it to be the truth. Humility is an accurate appraisal of ourselves before God, before others, and before ourselves. We all have weaknesses. We need to know what they are and watch out for them. But they make us no less valuable in God's sight. We all have strengths, and we sometimes have a hard time admitting that. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. Admitting our talents and humility and developing them gives thanks to the God who gave them to us to be used for His glory and our neighbor's good. Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. 
Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March the 30th, 2022, and you are just days away from April. It's already going to be April. It's amazing to me how quickly time is passing now. And uh, the good news is you've got a weekend coming. I mean, you're, you're halfway there. You're halfway there. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Sean Carney. We covered a lot of ground in the pro-life news, a lot of stuff going, in, uh, going on around the world in the pro-life movement, and he was catching us up on that great conversation. Then Mike Koeniger and I and the team here were discussing some of the big issues, like uh, the Florida panhandle getting hammered with skyrocketing power prices. I mean, $1,200 a month I saw in some cases, absolutely insane. And then, of course, uh, you know, the high rental costs that are just also skyrocketing across the country. So a lot of very concerning stories. We may catch up with some of those stories and more coming up in the after show today. If you're at all able to join us, we would love to have you. Good morning to Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Has your rental costs been skyrocketing? No, actually they haven't. Oh, good. It's it's a lot cheaper than California, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I you know, I'm in a position now where I'm thinking, well, what's what's our next move? You know, yeah. we're we're a young family. We mm. want to expand a little bit. Yeah. We want to buy our first home. Yeah. But we're looking at the market and we're saying, ah, I don't know. I don't know. This is it's pretty expensive. Is it yeah. gonna? Is it gonna dip down again? Is it gonna it's explode? I hope the so. The housing prices say here. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the most stable economies exactly. in the country. Is the area we live in right now, mm-hmm. and the housing prices are out of control right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they pop, although I talk to different people and they say, some say it will never pop, just buy it now before it gets higher, or, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, it's too extremes, yeah. right? Oh, I'm sure it's going to stop. They said that yeah. about crypto, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of dipping, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is, despite the fact that I can't do dips. Yeah. I'm way too. I'm way too fat for that. I'm way too fat. You dip tobacco. I got to. Uh, oh, that too. I don't do that either. Neither of those. Neither of those kind of things do I do. <laughs> neither of those activities. What about neither chips? Activities. What about chips? chips? Do you double dip? I dip. Uh, I, I did. I did dip yesterday. Uh, we okay. went out to go eat yeah. with, for my sister's birthday party, <laughs> and Happy we went birthday. and we went to. Um, 
a Mexican restaurant, and so nice. I was dipping quite a bit yesterday, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would even say I did double dip a couple times, not going to lie. Not going to lie. Serious party I mea pal. culpa, mea culpa. But if you would say <laughs> yeah. three Hail Marys for my older sister, I'd be very grateful <laughs> my, to you today. My wife slaps my hand every time I try to double dip. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Stop that. Yeah, mom is like, oh, why aren't you just like scoop it uh, this, this and put it onto your plate? And I'm like, uh, that takes like... Eight percent more energy. I, yes, so, exactly. People, the, yeah, people so don't get it. Why don't people they understand? Don't understand. It's the principle, right? The yeah. container is deep, so mm-hmm. you get less cheese when you put it on the plate. It's, yeah. uh, mm, you know. So true, King. This is economy yeah. and engineering come together. Yep. I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> the confluence of intelligent design. <laughs> why we don't? Only the most intellectual conversations <laughs> here on Catholic Drive Time Show. Yay and amen. Hey, can I thank Lisa Squibs and family? Thank you, Lisa, for your generous gift of giving today on our Lenten calendar. You've chosen today to pray, fast, and do penance, and we're so grateful to you. We've covered every single day of the Lenten calendar uh, with incredible Catholic Drive Time listeners who are offering their prayers, fasting, and penances for the conversion of ardent sinners, grave heretics and blasphemers, and and uh, peace in the world. And we're so grateful to Lisa today for taking today. You can find more information on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can also find the podcast. So if you want to listen to Sean Carney again or Mike Onegert, well, you can either, you know, check out the videos that we post on our social feeds or go to the podcast feed, all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray. We're going to pray the Golden Arrow Prayer. We're going to get started in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Love that prayer, but welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a story that's clutched from the jaws of defeat. Fox News reports a Louisiana man rescues boy from alligator-infested waters after hearing his calls for help. This man was in the right place at the right time. A Louisiana man jumped into action when he heard a young child calling for help. A young boy had apparently fallen into alligator-infested waters and was in immediate danger. Daniel Dunplantier was watching alligators in a canal on Saturday when the incident occurred. As soon as he heard the calls for help, he knew that he had to act quickly. According to the Westgo, West Wego Fire Department, Dunplantier successfully pulled the five-year-old from the water. Rescue crews then helped bring the child safely back across the canal. The fire department posted about the incident on Facebook, writing, Today, the West Wego Vo- v- Fire Department responded to a rescue at the West Wego Canal. A five-year-old boy fell into the canal near the pumping station and was rescued from the water by Daniel Dunplantier, who was near the canal watching alligators when he heard the boy yelling for help. West Wego Fire Police and EMS helped to get the boy back across the canal to safety where he was treated by EMS. They concluded, Spring is upon us and summer is near. Keep a close eye on children around waterways and swimming pools. It's important to always be aware of where alligators live. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Climacus, or St. John 
Climacus. Was born in Palestine around the year 525, he excelled in his studies and was known for his intelligence. When he was 16, John retired to a hermitage near the base of Mount Sinai, where he spent the next four years in prayer, fasting, and meditation while preparing to take solemn vows to religious life. After taking those vows, John spent more time studying scriptures and the early church fathers. Although he became an expert on these subjects, he hid his talents humbly. Imagine being an expert of the church fathers when you're born in the 500s. Near the end of his life, he wrote Climax, also known as the Ladder of Paradise, a collection of sayings and examples to illustrate how to live the monastic life. This is how he gained his nickname Climacus, he, a derivative from the Latin word of climax or ladder. As he grew older and wiser, John was often sought out for his advice in spiritual matters. He offered this advice freely and came to be known for his wisdom in holiness. Around the year 600, the abbot of all the religious in the, re in the region of Mount Sinai died, and John was chosen to replace him. He ruled until his death in 605. Here's one meditation from St. John. A sign of true repentance is the acknowledgement that we deserve all the afflictions, visible and invisible, that come upon us, and ever greater ones. Do not be surprised that you will fall every day. Do not give up, but stand your ground courageously and assuredly. The angels who guard you will honor your, your patience. Let us charge into the good fight with joy and love without being afraid of our enemies. Though unseen themselves, they can look at the face of our soul. And if they see it altered by fear, they take up arms against us all the more fiercely. For the cunning creatures have observed that we are scared. So let us take up arms against them courageously. No one will fight with a resolute fighter. St. John Climacus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 17 through 30. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own Father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the Son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will do also. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him everything that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, 
so also he gave to the Son the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but to those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ignatius' commentary was pointing out on the resurrection today. Christ claims the authority to raise all men from death, the righteous and the wicked alike. Two oracles from the Old Testament stand in the background of Jesus' teaching. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, envisions a final separation of saints and sinners once their bodies have awakened from the sleep of bodily death. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 4, envisions the resurrection where bones and flesh are reassembled and made to live again. Rising from the grave is made possible by the spoken words of Ezekiel, called the Son of Man, and the living and the life-giving breath of the Spirit. Jesus casts himself in the lead role of these prophetic narratives. He is the Son of Man, whose powerful voice raises the dead from their tombs and separates them from everlasting life or eternal judgment. Close quote, Ignatius Press. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, there's a number of things here. Uh, one thing is, doesn't it seem contradictory where our, when our Lord says that the Son cannot do anything on his own, but then immediately after he says, nor does the Father judge anyone, but has given all judgment to the Son. So how does the Son able to judge if the Father judges, uh, the Father doesn't judge anyone and has given the judgment to the Son? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, Cornelius Lapide explains that he will judge all men and will be a just judgment for this reason, that he cannot either judge or will any other thing that which the Father judges and wills. For he, in that he is God, has the very same judgment, the very self-same divine mind and will that the Father has. But in that he is man, he is wholly governed by the divinity and the indwelling word, so that he cannot neither judge nor will anything but that which the Godhead judges and wills. This is important, and it may have sounded confusing, so I'll try to break that down. What basically Cornelius Lapide is saying here is that because Christ is God, and the Godhead has a unified will, and their wills are united as one will, and because the Son and his humanity— is subordinate to the divinity because he is a perfect man and has subordinated himself perfectly to divinity, that he only wills what the Godhead wills. And therefore, when he judges, it is the same judgment that the Father would give. And there is no distinction between the two. In verse 28, talking about the rising of the bodies, he says, in their graves, those who are dead and buried, including also the unburied dead, by those who are buried in ordinary cause, course, he signified all those who do not receive ordinary burial. The voice of the Son of God, this shall be the sound of the archangels, probably Michael's trumpet. Arise, ye dead, come to judgment. This shall be accompanied by the sound of the trumpets and the voices of other angels. The sound is spoken of as the voice of God because by his command, through the ministry of angels, an effect shall be produced on the air 
which shall resound throughout the whole world and be effectual as at least a moral instrument to raise the dead. For it is not necessary to attribute to this trumpet any physical power of raising the dead. I just thought that was a fascinating point about what that will look like whenever the resurrection of the dead happens. So that's something to think about. Those two things, good things to meditate on today. Amen. Praise be to God. But it is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, which means the phone lines are open. In fact, Rudy Carlos is sitting by the phones right now waiting for your call. If you would like to play our game, be our contestant. You must be the first caller, and you can call right now. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. Be our contestant. Uh, We have prizes at stake. You could win 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please... Do me a favor. In fact, you have to promise me, pinky swear, you can't share with anybody my secrets or my agendas. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And number two, we like to have a laugh in our 
Our callers are amazing, the best, I would argue, and they laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everyone involved. But here's the kicker. If you are new here, for your benefit, I shall explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but we do not ask the caller these questions. They don't need to know. They could not know a single correct answer and still win our game. And that is because instead of asking them, we will ask Rudy and we will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the authentic and original coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. What could they win, Rudy? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Blessed Catholic. Amber is generously sponsoring our game show with an Our Lady of Lords blue enamel medal. It's an antique, it's one of a kind, and it's blue, just like Our Lady's mantle. At the Blessed Catholic, you will find an impressive collection of antique vintage Catholic medals, rosaries, and holy cards from around the world. Please check out her store and consider being a patron. Her store is Blessed Catholic, one word, Blessed Catholic, on Etsy. Thank you very much. All right. Praise be to God. Blessed Catholic, we're very grateful to you over there on Etsy. Let's go to the phones, and it looks like our good friends Kim and Tony are back. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hello. It's been a while since you guys have been on from Rowlett, Texas, the great metropolis of the north. Uh, What have you been up to? Oh, gosh, we just got done with spring break, so that was fun. Living in a state of grace, I hope. Where'd you go? Cancun or, I mean, Paris? (laughs) I mean, where does one go on spring break? Uh, We went to Garland. We went out to eat. That's even better. Nice. (laughs) Praise be to God. God. (laughs) And Tony, are you on your way to school today? Yes, I am. Remind me one more time. What is your favorite subject in school? Um, my favorite um, subject um, is um, is um, um, social studies. Hey now, praise be to God. Very good. It's related to history. I like that. It is. Well, all the right, Kim and Tony. You know the game. You know the trickiness. You know I'm on your side. Are you ready to play? We are ready. Let's do this. So you, it's you and me together against them. We're gonna start, as is our custom. Our tradition, our patrimony here on the game show with the great (laughs) Rudolfo Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Hey, are you ready? I'm so ready. So ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I guess. Well, let's start with uh, an easy one. How about that? Sure. Let's Uh, do it. Can you tell me, since you're a Latin expert, can you tell me Mm -hmm. what is the Latin term... For one of the church's sacramentals, a small wafer of wax taken from the paschal candles containing the image of the Lamb of God. Hmm. What do we call that? That is called an Agnus Dei. Is it It now? is uh, since hmm. fallen out of favor. They don't do it anymore. Really? Yeah. They used to give you a beautiful small wafer. It was a remembrance wow. from the paschal calendar. No kidding. Yep. I think That's there was uh, an indulgence sad. attached to it, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Bring back that, I would say. But well, we should get a second opinion on this, Kim and Tony. Let's just let's just see what Double Major Fonseca has to say. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. 
<laughs> so creepy. What so is creepy. what is the Latin term for one of the church's sacramentals? A small wafer of wax taken from the Paschal candles containing the image of the Lamb of God. Ah, yes. Very, very familiar. Okay. It's one of my favorite mm -hmm. words oh. in Latin, actually. Is it? Uh, two words, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's non novi. Non novi. Non novi. Non. Non. Did I say that correctly? As close as we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sir. Non novi. All right. Hmm. Kim and Tony could be, could be the trickiest question of the day. I'm not sure, but is it as Adrian says, non novi, or is it as Rudy says, anus dei? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? He's a tricky one. I'm going to go with Adrian. Go, go, go the other way. Go. Oh, so sorry. Oh. Man. Oh. Non-Novi means I don't know. <laughs> Tony, Tony, mea culpa. I, I feel like I let you down, my friend. It is, in fact, the correct answer is on you stay. You know, Lamb oh. of God. Lamb of, God. Lamb of God. Yeah. But we, hey, we learned Sorry. something. We learned something. Praise be there to God. Go. You get to brag about it later, Tony. You learned something today in Latin. That's a, that's a fun thing. But uh, yeah. next time someone asks you a question, just tell them non novi. <laughs> non novi. <laughs> it's not known. I have no idea. It's not known. All right. We're going to go to question number two. We're going to go to Adrian this time, and we're going to see if we can get you in this cup. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. What is the term... For that white vestment that we see altar boys wearing all the time, it goes down, like the white part goes down to the elbows, and mm. it's a special name for this white vestment worn by altar boys on top of a black cassock. What do we call that? I see, I see. Yes, that would be a cota, oh. or or it's also known as a surplus. Oh, and okay. a, it can okay. be laced mm -hmm. during for celebrations, or no lace for really? during Lent and other seasons like that. Interesting. Okay. Huh. A cota or a surplus, you say? Mm -hmm. Let's just see what uh, Rudy has to say. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me? What is the term for that white vestment that we see altar boys wearing over their black cassocks all the time? Hmm, yes. That's known as a gambeson. It's a, a padded... A, a gambeson. Uh -huh. It's a padded garment. A padded yep. garment. It's, okay. Yeah, it's padded, and it's made uh, typically out of linen. Is Stuff it? with uh, wool. Oh, okay. Yep, gambeson. A, a gambeson. Yeah. I don't know. That was like used for like wars, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, the uh -huh. liturgy wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim and Tony, here is the thing. That white vestment worn by altar boys over their black cassocks, is it, as Rudy says, a gambeson, or is it, as Adrian says, a surplus or a cota? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Kim and Tony? Uh, I'm voting for Team Adrian. Team Adrian? <laughs> He's got a team now? I'd like to hear that. That's what I'd like to hear. <laughs> That's a new one for the Fear and Trembling Game Hashtag Show. Hashtag Team Adrian. Hashtag Team Adrian, Tony. Started a new trend. Well, you are right, Tony. Congratulations. You've done it. Praise be to God. You're in the cup. You could win. It is, in fact, a quota or a surplus. Let's go to question number three. I'm pretty sure this is the easiest. Hardest question we've had so far. This is hardly Harder the hardest. Than the first question. This is easily the easiest. We're going to go back to Rudy first. Rudy, can you tell me what is the opposite virtue 
of the capital sin of lust. Yes, it is uh, one of those sins, horrible sins, very common. Mm -hmm. So the opposite virtue of that horrible sin is diligence, as in be diligent and pluck out your eyes if they cause you to sin. Better to enter into heaven maimed. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Diligence, you say? Pluck them out. With like a knife or spoon or... You want something hot to cauterize the wound? Ouch. That sounds painful, actually. Sounds gross. Let's uh, let's just see what <laughs> deep side. Adrian, <sighs> hey Adrian, uh, hey, yeah, can I, you a little uh, uncomfortable? Yeah, let's spin this positive. Uh, hey Adrian, can you tell me of uh, the opposite virtue of the capital of mm. sin of lust is called what? Yes, the opposite virtue of the capital sin of lust is the name of Kim Summerderman's uh, daughter, Chastity. Is it go. really chastity? Hmm. So you're saying chastity is the opposite of the capital sin of lust? Very true. Is your argument one hundred percent? You're trying to make that that's argument. What I'm, that's what I'm making. Mm, okay. Okay. Was that your college thesis, by the way? No, it wasn't. No. Okay. I didn't have a college thesis. Oh, well, there you go. That answers some things, doesn't it? Hey, Kim and Tony. Here is the deal. Adrian says the uh, chastity is the opposite of the capital sin of lust, whereas Rudy says diligence is the opposite of uh, the capital sin of lust. Fifteen seconds. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Kim and Tony? Um, um, my mom is trying to tell me Adrian. <laughs> Your mom is forcing you to say Adrian. <laughs> I am so sorry, Tony, but you are correct. I didn't there's some cheating going on. You're correct. In fact, chastity is the correct answer. God bless you guys. Thanks for having a laugh with us and being fun. Have a great day at school, Tony. Thank you. God bless you guys. We're going to put you on hold, but you're going to have to tune in Friday to see if it's God's holy will that you should win. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having a laugh and a good time. If you can, come to the after show and chat with us for the next half hour at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Wednesday of the fourth week of Lent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. The glory of these forty days we celebrate with songs of praise for Christ by whom all things were made himself has fasted and has prayed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who reward the merits of the just and offer pardon to sinners who do penance, have mercy, we pray, on those who call upon you, that the admission of our guilt may serve to obtain your pardon for our sins. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor I answer you. On the day of salvation I help you, and I kept you and given you as a covenant to, my, to the people to restore the land and allot the desolate heritage, saying to the prisoners, come out, to those in darkness, show yourselves along the ways they shall find pasture on every bare height shall their pastures be they shall not hunger or thirst nor shall the scorching wind or the sun strike them for he who pities them leads them and guides them beside springs of water I will cut a road through all my mountains and make my highways level. See, some shall come from afar, others from the north and the west, and some from the land of Syim. Sing out, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and shows mercy to his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget her infant, be without tenderness for the child in her womb? Even should she forget, I will never forget you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The Lord is faithful in all his words 
and holy in all his works. The Lord lifts up all who are falling and raises up all who have bowed down. The Lord is gracious and merciful. The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Whoever believes in me will never die. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the Son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will also do. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him everything that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you, will be, that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises from the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but passed from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave this to the Son the possession of life in himself, and he gave him power to exercise just judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready to shift gears, because Lent has shifted. In the beginning, the first uh, four weeks, there was a understanding that every day we'd receive a gift of discipleship. We'd learn about prayer, about fasting, about intercession, about forgiveness, about penance, about being converted to the Lord. The last two weeks, the readings all shift and talk about Trinitarian communion. 
And all the readings will be about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that, that happens when you shift from discipleship to union in the spiritual life is that Jesus and the Father begin to work through the Holy Spirit to remove false ideas of who you think God is from your heart. These are kind of false idols. For this reason, St. John of the Cross warns that it is not wise to focus on any one kind of image of Jesus, but just to keep letting go even of your spiritual possessions and moving to spiritual poverty, not just the, 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 uh, the almsgiving in, in fact, in, in measurable or material things, but a kind of spiritual almsgiving and a spiritual poverty where you let go of who you think God is. The Pharisees were too arrogant to do this. And thank God for the Pharisees because we have to have someone that we can identify with because that is us. We are spiritually rich. We come to God very arrogant. We need to be humbled. We need to be purified. But, and it's, it happens later on in, in Lent. And other things that shift in Lent is you enter what's called Passion Tide. And that's when churches start to cover more of their statues with purple. And it's a sign that our senses should be purpled with the blood of the Lamb, and that we should, uh, even more, the images in the churches are covered so that our image of God can be refined, who we think God really is. And the, the thing that Jesus tells us about who he is today is that he is consubstantial with the Father. He is co-equal. He is God from God, light from light. He upholds the universe by his word of power. He is the firstborn of all creation, the sheer holiness of Christ. So any kind of images you have, you know, I mean, and I, I've seen those images like the surfer Jesus, the happy Jesus, all that, that's got to go. You know, you have to, you have to remember he is holy. He is transcendent. And in Lent, he wants us to have a renewed image of, of Christ's holiness. The person to help us do this, of course, always is our blessed mother, Mary. She is the epitome of self-emptying. She is also, in Lent, kind of the oasis in the desert. She helps us transition awkward things, like the comfort of knowing God in a particular way and being able to let go, who, let go of who we think God is so that God can preach the gospel of his good news and his authentic image of himself. Also, the Father. The Father is who teaches us about Jesus. No one knows the Son except the Father and anyone to whom the, he wishes to reveal him. The Father has, we have to have a real relationship with God the Father so that we can realize Christ. He, he is the one who shows us, imprints the image of Christ on our soul. So my dear friends, let us remember also that Lent is a journey and that we are on the path to purification to be patient with yourself in this process of even spiritual poverty, you can. It's easy for a person, especially this this hour of Lent, to say, "Well, I've I failed, so I might as well just give up. I failed all these different Lenten observances, or I haven't done them very well." I'll I'll, I'll be totally honest. I lost seven pounds in Lent, and then I gained it back, and then I decided to get back on the horse and you know go back at the the Lenten penance. So. I myself, um, just being very honest with you, I, I'm one of you that, that has the, the difficulty of embracing Lenten penance, but every day you're given of Lent is another day of grace for conversion. So 
lean into that grace as we come around the finish line these last two weeks of Lent and as we round out our journey. Let us rise and bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of Jesus Christ to the nations. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may lead the church with wisdom and courage. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders, for peace in the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the end to moral confusion, for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ. And through the powerful intercession of our Mother Marys, we pray together. Hail, Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Praise to the holiest in the height, and in the depth be praise. In all his words most wonderful, most sure in all his ways. O loving wisdom of our God, when all was sin and shame, a second Adam to the fight and to the rescue came. O wisest love, that flesh and blood, which did in Adam fail, should strive afresh against their foe, should strive and should prevail. And that a higher gift than grace should flesh and blood refine, God's presence and his very self and essence all divine. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May the power of this sacrifice, O Lord, we pray, mercifully wipe away what is old in us and increase in us grace of salvation and newness of life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you have given your children a sacred time. For the renewing and purifying of their hearts. That freed from disordered affections. They may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in Domine Domini, 
Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti et divini institutioni formati audehemus dicere Pater noster qui es in celis sanctificetur nomen tuum adveniat regnum tuum Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et nos inducas in tentationem, 
sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. And by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Communion Antiphon God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Take up your cross, the Savior said, If you would my disciple be, Deny yourself, the world forsake, and humbly follow after me. Take up your cross, let not its weight fill your weak spirit with alarm. His strength shall bear your spirit up, shall brace your heart and nerve your arm. Take up your cross, then in his strength, and every danger calmly brave, to guide you to a better home, and victory over death and grave. Take up your cross and follow Christ, nor think till death to lay it down, 
For only he who bears the cross may hope to wear the glorious crown. To you, great Lord, the one in three, all praise forevermore ascend. O grant us here below to see the heavenly life that knows no end. Let us pray. May your heavenly gifts, O Lord, we pray, which you bestow as a heavenly remedy on your people, not bring judgment to those who receive them through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May your servants be shielded, O Lord, by the protection of your loving kindness, that doing what is good in this world, they may reach you their highest good through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy Immaculate Virgin Mary, You are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the Keeper of Heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection. Grant us your intercession. And may your favor never fail us. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord 
from hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.